Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello, fellow explorers. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. We're on a mission to explore beyond comfort zones, and we're starting to make some waves. Ready to take the first step outside of your comfort zone? Dive into SirenSoapbox.com, where you'll find links to our blog, Explore Magazine, our YouTube channel, and Getting Real with Siren Soapbox Movie Club. So many ways to explore. Pick one today and experience life outside your comfort zone. This week, the Sirens read the book In Deep by Sharon Ward. In Deep is the first book in the Finn Fleming scuba diving adventure series. In this book, Finn finds herself at the center of an investigation after several dive accidents occur in her presence. However, she is sure someone is targeting the people she loves and decides it's up to her to figure out who or what is to blame. We were also challenged to do some exploring in the water and talk about our experience with that. But before we get into our soapboxes, just a reminder, that if the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Bingo! 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 <laughs> First up on her soapbox is Sara. Well, thank you, Mer. Well, I totally loved reading Indeep. I really enjoy mysteries and whodunits, and this story definitely covered those genres. On top of that, though, the story is set on Grand Cayman, which is only one of my most favorite places to visit. My parents and I started going back in 1989, and with a few breaks, I've gone almost every year since. It added so much for me to be able to picture where Finn was in every scene. The author, Sharon Ward, is very clear up front about some of the locations being fictitious, but that didn't stop me from trying to figure out if I could picture the places. I could really imagine that they all exist. If that wasn't cool enough, the story is centered around scuba diving. No big leap to figure that I loved that too. Not just because I'm a diver, but also because I've been on countless dives while visiting Grand Cayman. After finishing book one, I dug out my most recent diver's log and scrolled through to see if any of the sites mentioned in the book were ones I had been to. But I didn't have time to go back through the book to check. Um, but even so, it was a lot of fun to take a trip down memory lane, dives with my kids and with Siren TC. It reminded me though that I could do a better job with documenting my dives I had dives where I described what I saw, who I was with, but I didn't write down the name of the site. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about things that get us out of our comfort zone. Well, I love reading and diving, so this was all just fun, really. I will say that even though I do like diving, swimming, and the ocean, wait for it, I'm not really a water fan. Doesn't seem right, but there you go. I'm weird. But seriously, if I can see all around me, water is great. It's when I can't see what's there or below my feet that I can feel uh, a little uncomfy. For example, I can dive in 100 feet of clear water, but I'm not comfortable stepping into a murky lake or even standing in six inches of muddy creek water with my toes squidging in the mud. I have literally screamed out loud during that sort of event. The worst, seeing water where go where it doesn't belong or even water doing weird things. I literally have to scroll away quickly when some crazy water reels show up in my Facebook feed. So just reading about the free diving in this story made my stomach flip a little just because I couldn't in my mind see where the divers were. 
hey, I already acknowledge that I'm weird. But anyway, <laughs> Jess, how long did it take you to finish this book? Well, I finished the book in about three days. I probably would have finished it sooner if I didn't have to work. Darn work always getting in the way yeah, of all my fun. Jobs. Darn jobs. But I was totally transported to the Cayman Islands with Finn and her family. I love how descriptive Sharon Ward was with every detail, including the types of fish and turtles that Finn would see while diving and snorkeling. I got very attached to everyone in the book, including Harry the Stingray. <laughs> all right. And Peter. Rosie the Octopus. I would love to have a Rosie the Octopus, by the way. But even though I live on a tropical island, I find myself wanting to work at the Institute with Finn. As a diver, a lot of the situations in the book gave me major anxiety and made me super glad to have excellent dive buddies. But let's hope I don't have to worry about any crazy people popping out of the woodwork and gunning for me and my family. And then I'll be okay. I do have so many questions about the cliffhangers, so I'm really wanting to get in to discuss this book with the rest of the sirens and see if I'm just missing something or if Sharon's trying to leave us hanging so that we continue the Finn Fleming series. For instance, does Oliver stick around? What happened to Kara? Did Finn and Liam go on a date? What happened to Stewie and Gus? Anyway, I can't wait to get to our discussion, so I'll leave the questions for them. Murr, what did you think about the book? In Deep is an exciting story about a scuba diver with some drama in her life all of a sudden and lots of twists and turns. So much fun to read. But I think my favorite thing about this book is reading about the dives and the gear. Having experience as a scuba diver, I really love the accuracy of the sport that was portrayed in the writing. This book kept me on the edge of my seat and was really hard to put down. But the good news is that this is only book one of the Finn Fleming scuba diving series, so there will be plenty more for me to consume. Free diving as an extreme sport doesn't interest me in the least. I've read about some of the records being broken by divers going down hundreds of feet, and all I think is, my goodness, their ears must hurt. <laughs> I also worry about their lungs and about them getting the bends. Apparently, though, these are all things that free divers train for, as they should. For me, skin diving, I think, is a little more appropriate. I like to hold my breath and dive down to the bottom of a pool or a shallowish body of water. If the bottom is more than 20 feet away from, from the surface, I'm donning my scuba kit instead of breath holding. When I was training to be a dive master, I had to demonstrate skin diving in a quarry one time. I forgot it was a breath hold exercise, and as I and I just like exhaled all of the air in my lungs when I was about 18 feet below the surface. I came up in a panic and the uh, much more experienced dive master that I was training with, he just calmly reminded me to breathe or else I might not have remembered. <laughs> he said he could see the panic in my eyes as I was surfacing. And that was a lesson I'm sure to never forget. TC, what surprised you about the book? Okay. First of all, spoiler alert, who has the courage to kill off a main character of a book? I was shocked. <laughs> Second, actually, maybe also first, her descriptions of the sea creatures made me feel like I was under the water. I felt like I had met Harry. Her description was so perfect. And then, well, ugh. now, which character did you think I was referencing in my first point? Anyone? Um, I totally pictured Harry, but <laughs> I was thinking Ray. <laughs> I met Harry. 
who is a Ray. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. But also that other character who I wasn't going to mention, but okay, Mer. You already said spoiler alert. I know. (laughs) You really predict what happens in this book. I read the entire book in less than 24 hours. I just couldn't put it down. I didn't want to put it down. I was immersed in Finn's world. I also completely enjoyed reading a book set on Grand Cayman. This is where I got engaged after all. And I loved thinking back to dives and post-dive food and drinks with Siren Sara. The storyline surrounding Rosie made me wonder. So I googled, can an octopus see in color? And what I read said that they cannot. However, I read that they can feel color. These animals just get more and more fascinating the more I learn about them. And now about free diving. I've wanted to be a diver for as long as I can remember, a scuba diver. I love being under the water. I love the way the warm Caribbean sea feels on my skin. I love being in the realm of the creatures under the sea, but I love to breathe. I'm really not good at not breathing. In fact, while working on my dive master certification, there was one activity where I had to swim the length of the pool under the water. I could have fins in my mask, but I couldn't breathe. It took me three or four times to get through that one particular skill and everyone else doing dive master with me chased me the length of the pool just to get me to meet that particular skill. It was not easy for me. So though I don't love free diving, I do love this book. And it's not surprising that we all love this book. It's about life under the sea. It's set on an island. And the the author's motto is, ready? Yes. Face your fears. They're never as bad as you think they'll be. Sharon Ward is the author of the traditional mysteries in deep, in deep, sunken death, dark tide, and killer storm, all part of the Finn Fleming scuba diving series. Hidden Depths, the next book in the series, will be out this spring. Sharon was a marketing executive at a prominent software companies like Oracle and Microsoft before starting to write. She was also a PADI certified dive master who has hundreds of dives under her weight belt. She's a member of Sisters in Crime, MWA, ITW, Grub Street, and the Cape Cod Writers Center. She lives near Cape Cod with her husband, Jack, and her miniature long-haired dachshund, Molly, who is the actual head of the household. (laughs) Sirens, please help me in welcoming Sharon Ward to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm just very thrilled to be invited to hang out with five such cool women. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. I'm so flattered. (laughs) Sharon, your stories are described so vividly and they're so real. It makes us curious. Do you know a Finn Fleming? No, I do not. (laughs) But I can tell you how I invented Finn, if you're interested. Yes, let's do Yes, that. please do. <laughs> so I had been planning to be a writer for a long time, since I was like in the third grade. Um, but I didn't get around to it until I was like 65 or so. <laughs> uh, so um, I had been working on a book with a different type of heroine and... Um, not getting anywhere people were just like wow that's really boring you know <laughs> so <laughs> i said huh perhaps i should do something else 
So I started thinking about what I love and never get a chance to read about. And so I hit on diving and, and I came up with the name Newton Fleming first. And I said, oh, that's really interesting because everyone will call her Newt. And then I said, oh, that's kind of cool. And um, she's an underwater photographer. And originally when I thought Finn was going to be an underwater photographer, I had a totally different idea of where I was going to take the books, almost to the point of, um, you remember the old movie Eyes of Laura Mars, where she could see pictures and know what was going to happen from the pictures? That was what was going to happen to Finn's, well, it was a great movie. <laughs> but anyway, Finn, um, Finn was going to, going to have that skill after she got hit by the, um, the jet ski. The, the jet ski like something clicked in the universe. Hmm. And so I wrote several chapters of that and I gave it to a bunch of people and, and they loved it. And I was like, well, this is different. Uh, <laughs> different <laughs> feedback. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, so I said, well, that's kind of cool. And then I said, well, you know, after you've done that, so she can see the future in her pictures, then it's like really boring. Where do you go from there, right? You got to like kill a lot of people. And I don't like to kill a lot of people. I like one per book. Uh, so I said, she's got to have something else. And I had been doing a lot of reading about free diving, which I agree with you guys is like a really horrifying sport. Um, like, why would you ever want to do that? You don't even get to see anything. You're just in and out. Um, but I said, wow, well, free diving is actually the fastest growing part of the diving universe, the diving sports. Um, more people are trying to get free dive. Um, certifications. There are, you know, all kinds of contests all over the world. And I said, so how can I bring free diving into this? And that's where I came up with the idea of um, the documentary that Finn, of course, would have to be. And by the way, I changed her name to Finola. She's named after her grandmother, although you won't know that until several books in the future. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, changed her name to Finn. Her father is Newton Fleming. So her grandmother and her father and she was the photographer for the documentary, and that's what kicked off um, all of the all of the problems. And so that, that's how Finn came to be. Um, and because she was named for her father, but I didn't want to kill her father. She had to have a different kind of father, and so that's where Ray came into it and uh and the free diving and so there was the outline of my book and then i just had to figure out how to get them from the point where finn is a happy-go-lucky slightly insecure young lady to saying whoa people are trying to hurt people i love it's up to me to solve that problem so that's how it happened i love that so I really love books that have um, a female character lead who is strong and independent like Finn. And one of my favorite characters is Kinsey Milhone, who oh, you yeah. you mentioned <laughs> in the book. And as Early as in the book. That, yeah. As soon as I saw it, I took a screenshot and highlighted it and sent it to the girls. But I knew Murrah would recognize her because... <laughs> That's a series of books I read over and over and over again. I was so excited when I saw that reference. Yeah, that's one of my favorite series, too. I, I loved, um, you know, every one of the books and, you know, eagerly awaited each one each year. And I'm just heartbroken um, yeah. that there was yeah. no more. Uh, but 
Yeah, and I always thought that was amazing because as women, we're all supposed to like have really nice hair and, you know, makeup and all this stuff. And I thought, God, Kinsey's so amazing. She just like whacks it with the. That <laughs> <laughs> is so brave. <laughs> Haven't we all wanted to do that though? Oh yeah. yeah but Kinsey does it. She's like, eh. oh, she that's her that's her regular, that's her regular style. <laughs> so funny. I was I was really rooting her on when she did that. I was tempted. I didn't. I didn't do it <laughs> yet. Oh my gosh. I can see TC cutting her hacking at her own hair. She cut her bangs one time and her and her hairdresser was like, don't ever do that again <laughs> it reminded me of the short haircut you got when you were here once and you said this is going to be great because you said the exact same thing that finn did now my mask will seal without my hair getting in the way that's right when i didn't like it i didn't like it at all it seemed like a good idea at the time it often does <laughs> <laughs> i was totally picturing mer's hair though after she did it um because it talked about how like one side was totally shaved. I was like, she's going to look like Murr after a while with the side shave. Mm, yeah. And then like the a little long... badass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> badass like Murr. That's right. So Sharon, how long have you been a scuba diver? Um, let's see. Uh, we, Jack and I got uh, certified together and it was uh, 1990, I believe when we got our first certification. And it, it's kind mm. of a, a funny story about how we decided to uh, to learn to dive. When Jack and I got married, it was a second marriage for both of us. And we both realized how easy it is to forget why you got married. And so we said every year on our anniversary, we're going to go on a honeymoon mm -hmm. and remember why we got married. So I was we were sitting in bed one night and I had all these travel books around trying to decide where we were going to go for our next honeymoon. And um, and that was in the days when you look this stuff up in a travel book. And so I said to Jack, why don't we get scuba certified and go to Bonia? And he said, great, great idea. You know, make the arrangements. And I was like, oh, shoot, because <laughs> I am actually not a very good swimmer. I am absolutely terrified, like you, of, of not being able to see what's around me in the water. Um, I have been afraid of giant squid since I saw 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea when I was like six <laughs> years old. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, you know, what have I done? Um, so I thought, well, if I never run it up again, maybe he'll forget. But he did not. <laughs> so well, we learned to scuba dive, which was. The learning was like a horrible experience. Um, but once I was actually in the ocean and not like messing around in the pool, trying not to drown, um, it was amazing. As you know, it's totally amazing. And yeah. so we went on and we kept getting more and more and more certified and doing all these things. And years later, the uh, instructor that we'd had said, you know, when I saw you in your basic open water class, he said, I didn't think you'd be back after the first night. I wow. certainly didn't expect you to come back after the second night. <laughs> and, he was like, and I was really surprised when you actually finished. So I was like, oh, ha ha. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> but 
he was right. I mean, you know, I mean, if you have to be rescued in the pool, the chances of you actually becoming certified tend to go down. But <laughs> that's a good point, Sharon. <laughs> oh, so what's your highest certification now? Uh, dive master. Mm -hmm. Oh, way to go all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started um, assistant instructor, and then I thought, well, shoot, I don't really want to do that. I'm perfectly happy where I am. So I stopped. But do you do you use your dive master? Not too much in the last few years. Um, last few years have been a little tough health-wise, so I've um, not been diving as much as I had been. Yeah. I got my certification, my open water certification in 2015, and I got my dive master in 2020. And I was always of the mind of the mindset that um, why would anybody want to be a dive master? That's crazy. <laughs> and then I got advanced and then I got rescue. And then it was like, well, what's next? You've dive master. I mean, that's, that's what it is. So, but I'm so glad because I get to work with open water students now. And it's, that is like, I just love teaching. I love that. It's a lot of fun for me. It is fun. We used to do, um, Jack and I both used to do our dive mastering thing with um, the instructor who had trained us. And he did most of his classes at the local colleges, which meant that probably 75% of the students in the classes were young <laughs> men. And young men, as we all know, think they're invincible. And yes. so, you know, we'd take them into the ocean and I'd be like, stay with me. And you know, off to this direction, off to that direction, up, down, all around. And it was, it was very nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, luckily, I never lost anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, I think Sharon. people grow out of that. I think they, I don't think they grow out of that. that no. Going off. So I live, um, I live on St. Croix in the Caribbean, not too horribly far from, well, kind of far from Grand Cayman, but same body of water. And, um, I'm a dive master also, I, although I don't work as a dive master, but every now and then I'll assist one of the dive shops here on the island. And it's just, it's fascinating to me, you know, like we're teaching people in the sea. And of course there are turtles and octopus and seahorses and eagle rays swimming all around. And someone will just like, they, they just lose track of the fact that they're learning how to do a relatively dangerous sport and off they go following something to go and you don't grab their fin and jerk them like you have to gently yeah it's interesting it's interesting it it is um and you know i i empathize with them <clears throat> you know what even in the uh pool when i was getting my basic certification it was in a college pool and it was first time i'd been breathing underwater and i was just fascinated i mean i was actually watching a band-aid float by going like wow <laughs> You know, <laughs> I totally, I, I understand that. <laughs> Band-Aids are gross. We use a YMCA pool here for ours. So yeah, I get it. And it that's where I learned as well. But I, like, I see people learning here in the sea and I'm like, you are getting to see a sea turtle. The first time you ever dive ever. Oh, right. I hope you understand how lucky you are. It's true. Yeah, my favorite dive site, though, is a quarry here in Ohio. Really? Yeah. And I think it's got to just be the camaraderie that goes along with being at the quarry. I don't know that it's necessarily the water, but I love the quarry. I love 
diving there. I, I love being with all of the people that are there. I just love it. Do you have a favorite dive site? I do. I actually have a lot of favorite dive sites. Um, I really, really like um, most of the dive sites on Grand Canyon, actually. I like Babylon a lot. I like Fish Tank or Aquarium. Those are both easy dives with lots of fish. Babylon is a very dramatic kind of site. Um, I liked the Blue Hole in Belize a mm. lot. Uh, oh, I want to dive that. That's on my list. It was kind of creepy, um, which I really liked. And I also liked it because they let you go down really deep and nobody was going like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you described the, that dive really well in the second book. Thank you. I'm uh, quite jealous. I would love to go there someday. It's extremely interesting. Um, the the um, architecture, I know that's not the right word, but the the architecture of the um, underwater terrain is just um, astonishing. You know, you're you're down there and you look up and there's all these, um, which one goes up and which one goes down? Stalagmites or stalagmites? They're yeah. all like hanging down over you and it's kind of creepy. Um, and it's dark, um, but it's fascinating. It's a fascinating place. And I was horrified when I learned that um, Sir Richard Branson finally took a, a submersible down to the bottom and he saw trash. The bottom of the blue hole is, which you can't get to, so we'll never know this except I just told you. Um, right. But it's all covered with trash and footprints. And I'm thinking, where did those footprints come from? Aliens. Mm-hmm. With trash. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Octopus who stole shoes. <laughs> Speaking of the, the second book, I know um, a few of us have already mentioned Poor Harry. Um, and this isn't a spoiler because I don't know if it was in the afterword for that, that book, the first one, or the forward for the second, where you have promised to never, ever, ever, ever kill Rosie. So that was, yeah. I was so, I, I was so nervous. I mean, you know, when she was running around the aquarium looking for all the fish and trying to save the fish, you know, that made me mm. look short of breath thinking about those fish that mm -hmm. couldn't breathe. And then when they couldn't find Rosie, I thought that's just a bit much. <laughs> but then they found I Rosie. Only, only one death per book. Um, <laughs> one fish, one, one person. Um, yeah. I got a lot of uh, feedback from people who were very upset when Harry, Harry died. And you know, the, the rule of thumb when you're writing a, a mystery, a murder mystery, is always um, you can brutalize people. You can do anything you want to people, but you should never kill the dog, right? Mm. And I thought, well, it's not a dog. It's a stingray. Yep. And who loves stingrays besides me? Well, apparently a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> they were quite upset. So um, my uh, next-door neighbor actually happens to be a vet, a veterinarian. And uh, she called me as soon as she saw that Harry was dead and she was like, I'm so upset. I can't believe you killed Harry. <laughs> so I knew I, I could never do anything with Rosie. Now here's the hard part of that though. And an octopus only has a one to two year life lifespan. Right. Yeah. So not Rosie. No, Rosie is Rosie is immortal. And if you don't like the fact that Rosie is immortal, think of Robert B. Parker's Spencer books, where he has this dog named Pearl, who he's, he's had since like 1980, um, maybe even earlier, like whenever the first book was, he had Pearl. And Pearl continues on and on. And every once in a while, Pearl becomes a puppy. 
So you know something happened in the old pearl, and there's now a new pearl, but it's not addressed. Mm. So <laughs> it may be a new rosy and an old rosy, but there will always be a rosy. And she'll always be pink. She'll always be very smart and very cute. And by the way, octopus can see colors. Um, that huh. experiment that uh, Finn does in the book with Rosie was actually taken directly from some research that was done in a, um, a university in Japan. Oh, really? Yes, it's from a, a published paper. Yeah, so what I read was that they can feel the color. They can detect color, but they can't see it with their eyes. They detect it in a different way altogether. That's but what they, I read. I don't know. I, no, I understand, but they can because they did exactly what Finn does. They hold up a card, and she knows, the octopus in Japan knew, to get the red ball or the blue ball based on the card. That's very cool. Yeah, and they would have to not, they would have to be able to see it to. Right. Because you Unless can't feel was, through the glass. Right. Well, it, it like didn't say they had to touch it. Oh. You know, like, color is all about, um, it's all about, like, ray, um, like, uh, light rays. And I, I don't know, you never know what other living That's creatures true. can detect and how. So it wasn't that they had to feel it physically. It was that they could detect the difference in the light bouncing off of whatever oh, it was. Interesting. So I don't know. That's I mean, I, I literally do. don't know. <laughs> but anyway, that is based is... on on true true uh, research. That is really <laughs> so cool. Whether she saw it or sensed it or felt it or whatever, she knew. Yeah, it was I think Rosie knows yeah. how to read too. I, I bet you. I bet you. The next time Finn needs to write something, write the word "red ball," really? and then she can go oh. find the red. That's. I can see Rosie being able to do that. Rosie's pretty clever. <laughs> she is very clever. She she is. Is. So we we have a dive site here on St. Croix, um, the pier. A lot of islands have a pier. Um, but uh, we have a lot of octopus at the pier, and it's pretty famous for its night dives. And you can see, like, complete light shows just changing colors by the octopus at night. It's amazing. They change from red to blue to purple to white and then back to whatever color the rock is that they're on at night. It's pretty amazing. Octopus are amazing. They really are. Um, oh, cool. They're so smart and so alien to us. I mean, the the intelligence, the the you know the physiology, the I mean, everything about them um, is just so fascinating. Fascinating, yeah. We also have squid. Have you ever experienced like um, a, a group, a, a squad of squid, a squadron of squid, a squad of squid? Yeah, it's amazing. You want to talk about alien? Like they all kind of face the same direction and they watch you, and you're just like, they watch. I don't know who's. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, they're it's all so in like cool. a weird they're formation and they all kind of float together in unison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yes. Huh. I think I've seen that on SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite dives was actually when I um, came across a squadron of squid and they were sort of near the surface and it was um, a very sunny day. So they were sparkling in the sunlight. Yes. Um, and they literally, and I think I used this description in one of the books, they were sparkling. They looked like little angels underwater. They were just, mm -hmm. you know, they had their little suits and kind mm -hmm. of floating in the breeze and beautiful colors and staring at you with their goggle eyes. But yeah, Me too. they're amazing creatures. 
They really are. It's fascinating. So could we talk hmm. for a second about how jealous I am that Finn lives at Rum Point? I yeah. Know. <laughs> well, you got to have a billionaire father. So. I guess that exactly. <laughs> Every time she would go to her house, I'd be so jealous. I'd be trying to picture which house it is over there. Yeah. So Sharon, pause it actually. But go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering why you chose Grand Cayman for the setting. Because I love it. I love it. It's my my favorite place. Actually, you know, when when Jack and I learned to dive, and uh, we went to Bonaire, and then we went back to Bonaire because it was so cool. And then we said, well, you know, we should go to a different place every year. And so we did. We went to a different place every year for many years. And I consciously did not choose to go to Grand Cayman because I really, really like stingrays. And I knew if I went to Grand Cayman, I was going to want to go to Stingray City and I would never leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> so eventually Grand Cayman came to the top of the list and we went there and we went to Stingray City and we went back there every trip after that for a long time. I mean, we, we took a little trip over to, you know, um, Little Cayman and we did a few other things around, around the Caribbean and around, you know, Florida or whatever. But uh, yeah, the Caymans always popped right up to the top. It's just too cool. Mm -hmm. I like the flatness of Grand Cayman. Like a lot of islands in the Caribbean are pretty mountainous and hilly and Grand Cayman is just, Nice and flat, and I really like that. Yeah, it is nice. It is nice. I like the Iron Shore too. It's it's kind of ugly, but it's kind of um, interesting, you know. Mm -hmm. Although I did have one reader who, you know, I was talking about Iron Shore, and they sent me a message and said, "What the heck is Iron Shore?" So I said, "Oh, perhaps I need to explain that better <laughs> in the next book." I was going to ask what it is. I I'm not familiar with that either. Yeah, I have no idea. It's um, it's like rock. It looks almost like volcanic rock. Um, it's very porous. It's um, crushed, compressed, like um, shells and calcium and things from little little creatures. Um, so it's it's just a very very porous, very sharp um, rock. And uh, most of Grand Cayman, most of the Cayman Islands is actually iron shore. Um, they've got sand in strategic locations, but um, most of it's really iron shore, and it, it can be very shallow. But underneath that, of course, it's very porous. Um, so there's lots of caverns and caves and interesting things because of the way, of course, that I don't know the universe works with right. corals and things. But hmm. um, yeah, so that that's what iron shore is. Um, is that, a, is that, that what you see? When you visit hell, is that what you're looking at? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. So let's talk about the book for a minute. When did you, is, is the, uh, is in deep the first book you've ever written and how long ago did you write that? Or when did you write your first, your first book? My first book was written in the fifth grade. Um, it was, very derivative, derivative of a book that I had read and enjoyed very much. Um, and oddly enough, my book was quite similar. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I um, did a lot of other things for a long time after that. And uh, although I always knew I was going to be a writer, I mean, literally from the time I was a small child, I knew I was going to be a writer. And um, probably 20 years ago now, I started writing 
a novel. Um, actually, no, about 25 years ago, I started writing a novel, and this was going to be a swords and sorcerers thing, mm. and which is my second favorite genre. And my heroine in that was a young woman. And at the time, swords and sorcerers did not have young women who were the heroes. They had young women who wore bikinis. Um, so this was, I thought, was was pretty cool. But I got stuck at what they call the, the muddle in the middle. Um, it's what writers call it when you know where you start and you know where you're going to end and you have no idea how to get from here to there. Um, and that's where I get stuck on my sword and sorceries book. So put that aside for a few years. And then a few years later, I started writing um, a mystery. And it was um, based around a, a, a murder that occurred near a 3D printer because I kind of thought, I don't know if you know 3D printers, but I think they're they're like magical. You know, you just sit there and look at them and then yeah. magically something appears on the platform. Like, Whoa, how did that happen? Um, so anyway, uh, somebody got killed next to the 3D printer and, you know, we went through a lot of things. And, um, that one didn't go over that well with uh, people in the industry. He told me that uh, 3D printing was boring. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I thought it was very cool. So anyway, I spent about 10 years, wasted about 10 years of my life writing and rewriting and redoing that. And then I said, well, this is now a dog's lunch. So it's going over here and I'm going to start something new. And that's when I went to figuring out what I was going to do that was new and hit on Indeep. How I, you, when, when was that book written, Indeep? Indeep was written in, I started it in uh, 2019 and oh, I okay. it in um, 2020. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you've just been cranking them out after that then. I have. Um, that's the wonderful thing about, I've chosen to self-publish. So I have my own publishing company and I do everything. Um, and um, the neat thing about that is that I can publish as often as I want or as frequently as I want. Whereas if you're in a traditionally published environment, um, you're kind of restricted to one a year. So I'm really excited to read book two. I haven't started it yet, but I'm I'm wondering if you have tried free diving. Like I don't know if Finn tries it or not, but I'm wondering if you have ever tried it. No, um, I have not. It it doesn't really appeal to me. I think it. Um, you know, I love diving. I love like looking around. I love floating. I like you know the the feeling that you're kind of flying. The the weightlessness of it all and. Free diving has two things that I think I like really stupid. Go, truthfully, go down, go down as fast as you can, as far as you can, and then come back up as fast as you can. Um, and don't look at anything in the interim because you don't have time. Right. Um, so why bother? Right. That's it. And that holds for several of the the free diving um, disciplines that they have. You know, whether you're using weights or using fins or whatever, they're all like go down real fast, come up real fast. Hmm. Um, and the other one, the other disciplines that they have are how long can you sit in one place and hold your breath? And I'm thinking like, well, that's kind of stupid, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's it. So, um, neither one of those choices typically appeal to me. I would rather look around and see what's around me. Um, I like to marvel at what's going on in the ocean. I like to see the the creatures, I like the weightlessness of it. Um, you know, there doesn't seem to be a point to the other parts of it. But 
it was a, um, you know, as I said, it is a, the fastest growing type of diving. Um, it's hugely popular. Um, it's extremely interesting. And uh, actually, one time when we were on um, Grand Canyon, there was a woman who was there who was trying to set a new world's record for free diving. And she was diving um, off the beyond the reef at Sunset House. And for those of you who have been there, if you know, if you can really swim really fast, really far, you get way beyond where most people go. And there's a reef, a big wall drop off that goes down really, really, really deep. And that's where she was diving way out there. And um, so we were fascinated by, by this, you know, watching her go in and go. And in those days, they dove with what they called a sled, which is where you would wear this lead sled on your back. And when you got down as far as you thought you could go, you were supposed to um, flick a little switch and your little balloon rose out of your sled, inflated itself and pushed you back up to the huh. surface, pulled you back up to the surface. Hmm. So um, that was was kind of interesting. That was my first um, touch with um, free diving. So that was always something that was kind of interesting because everybody was all excited because she was doing it there and you know, they were, because she succeeded in setting her record and that kind of thing. So, um, so that was the first thing. But truthfully, you know, if you're going to take a trip, why not look at the sites as far as I can see? Yeah. Why just go real fast and come back real fast? So when I picture free divers, I do picture the goggles that you described in the book that are, you know, that decrease the, yep. the air that you, you know, that's there between the, the, the goggles and your skin. But also I picture really long fins and um, Ray didn't use fins. That's right. That's because Ray was a champion in what's constant weight, no fins. And that is one of the disciplines within free diving. Um, and that means that you can, you can wear a weight if you want to, but if you go in with a weight, you have to come back with the weight. So it helps you get down really fast, but it makes it harder for you to get back up and you have no fins. Um, so all you have when you do constant weight, no fins, which they abbreviate as CNF, um, is your little tiny mask and your nose plug and that's it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, but if you were going to dive, and there is um, constant weight with fins, and there's, um, and with those, you can either use the long bifins fins that, that you're thinking of, or you can use a monofin, which is where you put both feet into one fin and you kind of look like a mermaid. And, and with that, you do a, um, a dolphin kick. Um, sidebar, Patty has a new certification. You can become a mermaid. I saw that. <laughs> tempting although i've looked at the price of some of those like tails and yeah i might as well buy another car yeah i think before i spend that kind of money on a tail i would invest in a dry suit even though diving in cold water is stupid no it isn't it isn't at all all right sharon (laughs) i got my my uh basic open water certification in new england which is where i live in february which is where it's very cold yeah. in a snowstorm. Wow. That's crazy. And hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> it was horrible. And <laughs> I was so, I've never been that cold in my life, you know, before or since. And uh, I got out of the water after it was over and, you know, I just ate and ate. 
hot soup, hot coffee, hot this, hot that. I just could not get warm for days afterwards. Um, so I don't recommend it. But we we often, for years, dove up in uh, up in New England year round. Um, I, we used to dive off um, Plymouth Beach. We live near there, which is where harbor seals will um, spend the winter. Normally, they're up in Maine and Canada during, you know, um, or they're down there somewhere. But they end up spending the winter in Plymouth. And so we would go out and swim with them, and they were very smart. Um, they knew exactly to the millimeter how long my arm was. Wow. And they would be like an inch away longer than that. It was astonishing how they knew that. But they would they would come right up to your face and, and put their little snouts against your face like an inch away. And then they would zoom away. And if you went to try to touch them or pat them, they, they literally were like a millimeter further away than you could touch. They were amazing. <laughs> Um, and then I remember learning that that's the favorite food of great white sharks. Oh. Also hang out in Plymouth. Oh. In the winter. <laughs> so. Oh. I, I'm not really tempted to cold water dive with one exception. Uh, are the sea turtles, the leatherback turtles who nest here in St. Croix, they live in Nova Scotia. If I could somehow be guaranteed a dive with one of those leatherbacks or any leatherback, that would tempt me to do cold water diving. But I left that quarry that Murr loves in Ohio because I was done with that world. I, I like the Caribbean. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So there's, there's a story that's kind of famous in St. Croix about a free diver. And he had like a record of 800 feet or something like that. And he was trying to beat that record here in St. Croix and never, never came back. And it happens. And so, yeah. So when you talk about free diving here, people will bring that, that, that attempt, they'll bring that back up. Yeah, there actually, um, strangely enough, have not been as many deaths as you might expect in free diving because, you know, I was thinking there were probably a lot because it seems like a really stupid thing to do. Uh, but no, um, there aren't a lot of people who, who dive from, from free diving. Um, probably the greatest free diver ever um, is the mother of the current world champion, Free diver. What's his name? His name is um, beyond my ability to recall at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I thought you'd pulled it out. Oh no, his no, name is not beyond. Not so lucky. Not so lucky. Um, but anyway, his his mom, um, who was considered the greatest free diver of all time, still um, disappeared on a dive where she was teaching some. Um, I hear they were Russian oligarchs, and uh, she never came back. Um, mm. odd, but, um, yeah, so, uh, her son is now the world champion, um, and he is very good and very interesting and, um, Herbert, he, Herbert Nitsch, is that right? Um, no. I just Googled it. Okay. No, um, well, he, he is the deepest diver ever, ever. Um, okay. Yeah. No, the guy who is the current world champion is um, Russian or Croatian. Um, 
but anyway, he's um, very good. I, you know, I always want to say um, Anna Makarova, but she was a ballerina. So it's, you know, I get them confused. But mm. anyway, he's um, he's very, very good. Uh, he's been on TV a lot. He was on 60 Minutes showing himself free diving under the ice, which to me is like beyond foolhardy. It's bad enough you're down there with no air, but to be down there with no air in an overhead environment is like, what are you, out of your mind? But wow, that's crazy. Natalia Molchanova? Molchanova, that's right. Natalia Molchanova. And her son is Alexei Molchanov. Yes. And he um, also has a, a free diving equipment company where he manufactures uh, and sells equipment for free divers, which is. Huh. I do think that the pictures of free divers are really beautiful, especially when they are wearing those fins. Like yes. when you see the pictures of free divers under the water, they just look so graceful and unencumbered and they have those long fins and it's really beautiful. There is no scuba diver that can look even remotely that beautiful underwater. I That's mean, absolutely true. speak for yourself. Well, yes. <laughs> Those of us on this call all look incredibly beautiful while scuba diving, but... Yeah, um, you're right. It is a much more graceful um, look to it. Um, but especially when you're getting back on a dive boat in your gear and you're like lurching forward like some sort of beached whale, you know, that's <laughs> how I look when I'm in the water. So I have another really stupid story to tell you. Um, when I had first done my open water certification dives as I mentioned it was February and it was snowing right so we were on this very rocky beach in northern Massachusetts and of course we, we were shore diving and I was walking out of the water it was very cold my nose was running I, you know um, my hair was plastered I just looked delightful and I tripped on a rock and I fell down and I got my tank turtled in the rock so I couldn't oh, get gosh. up and I was rolling around, freezing to death, you know, noses running, still just not looking that good. And, you know, a couple of guys come over and they help me up. And I'm walking out to the parking lot. And this woman who had been sitting in her car in the parking lot comes running up to me. And she says, is diving a good way to meet men? Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 oh, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> who could resist? Right. <laughs> I think about that often when I surface because you you just are a hot mess when you're coming out of the water. That's hilarious. So Sharon, what gets you out of your comfort zone and excited to explore? I um, have a hard time, and you'll find this hard to believe, I'm sure, talking to strangers. Really? Uh, it's extremely frightening and hmm. makes me very nervous um and so i do it all the time <laughs> i love that that's awesome oh, good for you you sure wouldn't we, have uh, been able to tell based on our conversation tonight no. i know well you know i, we, I uh, used to do presentations for a living and um i was a software person and i would tell them oh this is how the software will solve every problem you've ever had right um and I would, you know, talk to groups of strangers for entire days at a time. And people would say to me, 
how do you do that? And I said, that's not me. That's an actress. <laughs> yep. Playing a part. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a, I consider myself a very social person. I love to meet people and find out what we have in common and what I can learn from them. Both of those opposites, but we had a challenge once where we had to walk up to strangers and ask if they were happy. And that is probably the most nervous I've ever been on any of our challenges. And then as soon as I did it, I was just overwhelmed with energy. <laughs> so doing that thing that makes you scared, scared, like you're talking about, that is really exciting. It, it is. is. It is. Yeah. As long as it doesn't kill you. Yes. <laughs> As long as it doesn't kill you. I don't know if I could walk up to a stranger and ask them if they were happy. I'm in awe that you were able to do that. It was scary. Yeah. But it was, it was very cool. Because it's like asking a personal question, you know? Oh, yeah. For sure. And question. Sharon, we recorded it. We were like, um, can I record you answering a question? Wow. <laughs> I think that was the hardest part, being like, hi, total stranger. Can I record you on my phone? Right. Wow. That is impressive. Yeah. Well, we want to leave our listeners with a challenge this week. We want you to read the first book in the Finn Fleming scuba diving adventure series. It is called In Deep by Sharon Ward. And maybe get out and explore some water, whether it be above the water, underwater, if you want to take a discover scuba class that might be fun um just do something and uh let us know how it went by using the hashtag siren soapbox on all the social medias sharon thank you so much for joining us tonight do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you sure um my website is sharonward.com very imaginative um, the books are available at um, ebooks are amazon only but print books are available anywhere so we're, wherever you uh, are interested in buying a book. And I would love to hear um, what anyone who buys the book thinks about them or, or, you know, have discussions or conversations with them. Uh, always interested in hearing from the readers. So SharonWard.com or Amazon.com. Either way. <laughs> well, thank you, Sharon. And Sirens, thank you so much for recording with us tonight. This ended up being, all right, so it's going to surprise you, know, this is my new favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that this episode, I mean, we loved the book, and I think we're all probably going to finish the series, but this episode ended up being a lot about diving, and that's fun because we don't do, a, we don't do very many episodes about diving. So I, I really appreciate that about this episode. It was a lot of fun. And thank you, fellow explorers, for listening to this episode. You can check us out at www.sirensoapbox.com. Um, we have some really cool things coming up. Make sure you check out some of our pre-dive episodes so you can explore along with us. Thank you for spending your time with us. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.